Good morning. Yesterday I didn't feel this way. This morning I feel this way. I, I can't say anything, but my I'm going through. You were talking about a, a, a war, the devil attacking you. I'm going through one in my family. And when they said set captives free, set, started to weep. Uh, I, my message is really tailor-made to me brokenness so I want to remove my emotions I'm going to ask you to join me to pray so that I don't get in the way Lord thank God we can turn to you Lord Thank God you're there. Now, I, with your people, fiercely turn to the Holy Spirit. You live in us. Unleash your power in all of us. May we meet with you in our brokenness for the glory of Jesus. Amen. The most powerful witness for Jesus Christ is a broken man or a broken woman. It attracts people to Christ. It really does. And I was going to do this message and four days ago, my daughter's with me. We're driving in the car and she says, Dad, what are you going to preach on? And I said, I'm going to preach on brokenness. And she says to me, you know, Dad... Every time I open up to people about my brokenness, lost people open up to me. And I said, you know why, Bonnie? Because you're not trying to fix them. You're relating to them and you're becoming real and they want to open up. This is the most powerful witness is when God shows you your brokenness and you cooperate with them. And so before God, who are you? Really. Before God, who are you inside? Really. I want to read this passage. Two people. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. If you have a Bible, you could follow me. If you don't, you could just listen to me. To some who were confident of their own righteousness... And looked down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance, 
He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. This man Fountain said, in every person there are three people. What he thinks he is, what others think he is, and what he really is. And before God, are you unbroken like the Pharisee? And you know, the funny thing about all this is that everyone in this room is broken. Everybody. But unbroken people deny their brokenness. I don't want to throw no mud, and I'm not going to. But you just have to look at the politicians, either in the United States or here in Canada. And you see, all of us look at it and we see, can't he see that he's a broken man? Because he denies his brokenness, so he remains unbroken. And you see it. That's an everyday, an everyday example. I want you to really not throw mud at this man, this mayor. We need to really pray for this man. We really do. Because I truly believe with my heart that God sets up these things. And it's not his fault or this fault. God's trying to reach this man to show him his brokenness. And how he responds and how we respond is very, very important. Because a righteous man may fall seven times, but he rises again. The wicked are brought down by calamity. Proverbs 24, 16. It's not that we are not going to fall into brokenness is how we respond to our brokenness. This is a very important point. And, there, and, and what Jesus is doing here is showing us a perfect example of an unbroken man, this Pharisee. Unbroken. He's broken, but he's unbroken because he denies it. I just want to read it to you. I want to catch the, the flavor of this. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. And if you really look at this, if you really look at it, you see, I call this deflecting. We deflect. And when this Pharisee, what it, how, why didn't he see his broken? Why did, how did he deny his brokenness? If you really look at it, he was comparing his righteousness and his good works to other people. And anybody can beat anybody. I can beat you because I've been doing this for 30 years. And you could beat me at certain things too. But when we compare ourselves with Christ, we see our brokenness immediately. Or when we compare ourselves to the scriptures, we see our brokenness immediately. And the scripture, I, I come across this a lot. I even come across this in my own heart. When, here, here's, a, here's, here's a funny one. I phoned my wife to, the, last night and I told her, How'd you, how did you do? How did you do? I said, uh, you know, not bad. I, I just felt, you know, real weird. My emotions, things are going on in my life. And I just felt weird. And, and Laura goes, this is the first thing she says to me. Are you comparing yourself with Sundar? <laughs> yeah, the first thing. I said, no, I'm not. But am I? 
It's so insidious. God wants us to be ourselves as broken people, offering ourselves to Him. Paul, he said this, when we compare ourselves with each other, we're not wise. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, the Apostle Paul, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. And if this man did anything, he never compared himself with people. The Apostle Paul. You get a snapshot of his life. I just love the Apostle Paul. My children ask me, why do you love that man so much? What a model. What a model that guy is of brokenness. Paul's broken life. If you look at his life, I'm going to give you a snapshot of his life, of Paul's life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9. If you're taking notes, you just take a look at it when you go home. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, this is what Paul says. This is when he was beginning his ministry. He's starting out, and this is what he says. He says this. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. He's starting out. That's a snapshot. I'm giving you a snapshot. Then he goes along his life, and then you take another snapshot of his life, and this is a, a broken man. And instead of him having it all together, he goes down. It looks like he's going down, but really he's going up. Because in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, this is what he says. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So now he doesn't deserve to be called an apostle. Then he says he, he's the less, least of all God's people. You see the, where he's going? First, he doesn't deserve to be an apostle. Now he doesn't deserve to be even the least of all God's people. Then you think, well, Paul, don't you have it together? But this is the, the pathway to brokenness. This is the way closeness to Jesus. And, and at the end of his life, he's talking to Timothy. He, he's an old man. He's at the end of his life. Listen to what he says. This is what he says. First Timothy, chapter, 5, chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. He says this. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. What? But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. What? I think everybody in this room would stand up unless you're not you're denying your brokenness. You'd stand up and say, no, no, Paul, I'm the worst of sinners. That's my place. But he is being honest. He's not exaggerating. He is saying because he's so close to Christ that he sees his brokenness so clearly that he says, I'm the worst of sinners. And. I don't know what you guys do on your vacations, but I go with my wife on my vacations and I try and get some books so I can get tight with my wife with my marriage. So I was reading this one book. And when I came across this one book, it's called Sinners, When Sinners Say I Do. Yeah, even the, even the title, eh? I said, I don't know if I want to read that book. 
But it was a really good book. It helped me and my wife know about grace and mercy and live by it. But as I was reading this book, this came into view. Listen to what this guy Dave Harvey says. With the passing of each day, two things grew larger for, his, for Paul. His sinfulness in the light of, of the holiness of God and God's mercy in the face of his sin. Knowing both God and himself accurately was not at all discouraging or depressing. Rather, it deepened his gratitude for the vastness of God's mercy in redeeming him and the patience of Christ in continuing to love and identify with him in his daily struggle against sin. So before God, including me and you, are, we, are you broken? Which you are. But are you acknowledging that brokenness? And I don't mean just the one-time thing. And if it is a one-time thing, that's salvation. That's salvation. Because sinner's going to preach on it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's to get into the kingdom of heaven. You need to see your bankruptcy, your brokenness. That's salvation. If you've never done it, then I'm going to call you to it today. The second group of people, if you've done it, and you've walked away, or it's become so busy for you, you haven't, you've sort of like denied your brokenness, then you need to come back and acknowledge it. It's closeness to Christ. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And every time that God deals with me and I fall down, there's a mystery here. I'm not saying that I let sin go or I excuse it. But there is something about God is not really amazed that we sin. You believe me? Because he has given us the sacrifice of his son. And that doesn't stop just when we get saved. That continues on in all of our brokenness. That's how you become close to the Lord. And if there's anybody in this, in this picture here who's been broken, it's that tax collector. Would you say so? Is this guy broken or what? This, I really believe this is the picture that God wants us to be like all the time. Not beating ourselves up because I just remove that from our church. That's not, that's not right. But when you really see who God is in His holiness and the Holy Spirit reveals it to you and shows you who you really are, I'm telling you, you'll be like the tax collector. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Not beating yourself up. Really seeing yourself. And you know what? I really believe this too. Every time God does that to me, when he shows himself to me, there's real worship. Real worship. It's not this phony worship. I see who God is. I see who I am. And I worship him because he has mercy on me. Listen to the tax collector. Just listen to this. I want to be like this guy. In a correct way. Not beating myself up. But the tax collector, verse 13, stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. James Montgomery Boyce. Let me read this to you. He says this. He's a Presbyterian preacher in the United States. I like this guy. The heart of this story is in the tax collector's prayer. It is one of the shortest prayers in the Bible, only seven words in English, six in Greek. But it, it is also one of the most profound. Consider the beginning and the end, eliminating the middle. 
That is, delete the words have mercy on and retain the words God and me, a sinner. These words contain the essential ingredients in all religion, holy God and sinful man. And they express the insight anyone gains when he or she becomes aware of God's presence. God is a holy God. Therefore, to become aware of God in his holiness is to become aware of ourselves in our sin. This is how we know that the tax collector knew God, despite his reputation, and that the Pharisee did not know him. The Pharisee began God, but we know that he was not praying to God since he did not see himself to be a sinner. Actually, he was praying to himself. The tax collector was praying to God because he did see himself as a sinner. These two always go together, even in our Christian walk when we're old. We need to see ourselves as a sinner and we need to see God as holy. And that is a connection. God has to show us our brokenness. This is one thing I know for sure. You, if you leave this place and you say, now I'm going to ask, I'm going to search for my brokenness. That's when you lead yourself into despair. God has to show you your brokenness. But what you have to do is you have to cry out and say, God, show it to me. And he uses all kinds of things. He uses my wife. Would you say amen? Uses my children. I'm in it now. Huge. And they did nothing wrong. It's just the way God wants to make me like Jesus. He uses circumstances. He uses your enemies. And he uses the devil. Because God's in control and he wants us to be like Jesus. Jesus was not broken and became broken so that we can be whole. He chose to be broken so that he could identify with us. God showed Peter, the apostle Peter, his brokenness. Showed it to him. I want you to read it. I want you to see Peter as a as a, a, a unbroken man and then a broken man. I want to I want to show you. And you know, a person that is unbroken makes great boasts. Make no mistake. If you're unbroken, you're making great boasts. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. That's evil. A broken man is very quiet and knows that God's in control. Let me read Peter. He's an unbroken man right now. Luke 22, 31 to 34. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Listen to Peter. Everybody knows it. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times that you know me. Now, listen how God shows he uses, God uses the devil. He allows the devil. Does everybody believe that? I know a sinner does. But he, he uses the enemy as a lackey. And he brings him in. And he says, the devil is going to sift you as wheat. I'm going to pray for you. So he's here to show Peter his brokenness. I'm going to show you your brokenness. Listen to it. This is how he does it. Mark chapter 14. Verses 66 to 72. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. 
You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, he said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them. Can you imagine that guy swearing? And he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. Here's where it, And he broke down and he wept. And God shows Peter his brokenness. And then you know the story. He restores him. This is what God really wants us all in this room to do. Acknowledge it. Offer it. And he restores us. And this is a continual brokenness for the rest of your life. The more you're broken, the closer you are. The more you're broken, the closer you are. Can't fake it. But you can ask God, no, no, maybe you shouldn't. No. Well, if you want to, you can. But you don't know what he's going to do to bring you into that brokenness. But you get closer to him. You really do. What I'm going through, I'm getting closer to him. Me and my wife are praying on our knees. Everybody in this room is going to go through stuff. I was wondering, what should I share? I have so much stuff in my life about brokenness that I, in my church, I don't really care. And even here, I don't care. You know, I've, I don't care. God is, I'm before God. He's going to show everything to you anyways. So I might as well put everything under the blood of Christ. Would you agree? That's why he shows it to us, so we can put it under the blood. And we can come close to him. But I got to, about six weeks ago, I got to share with you my brokenness. And Cinder told me this one time, I never forgot. I thought, you know, sometimes he says things, then years down the road, I say, yeah, I agree with him now. But before, I didn't agree with him. But this one, I agreed with him. Because it just shook me. I knew it was right. I went into his office. I was surprised about a sin. A certain sin I did. And he looks at me, and this is what he says. Why are you surprised? And I said, what are you talking about? He says, you're a sinner. Save by grace. We have the cross. And from that point on, I understood that's the pathway I'm going. So six weeks ago, God showed me something. Again, brokenness. He just, he does it all the time to me. He just humbles me. Just on the ground. I'm in the car. Hey, anybody ever teach their children how to drive? Could you ever see your brokenness then, man? Because <laughs> I'm in the car, and Bonnie's in here. Bonnie's right here, and she's in the Corolla, and we're we're driving down the Kingston Road, right? And she's in the car, and you know, everything in your body, you know, do this way, do that, and she's dad, and and so she's driving, eh? And so I've finally got control of it to shut up, eh? <laughs> I'm watching, you know. She's going. We're at Kingston Road in Liverpool. It's a big intersection. She's making a left-hand turn. I'm sitting there. It's a little scary because, you know, when you, the cars are going, she's new, you know, and I, I'm a fellow, you know, I go, okay, and you don't want to say anything because she's going to get mad. You don't tell me what to do. I'm learning to drive, Dad. So I'm trying to keep my mouth shut, eh? So she turns, and she turns into the right lane instead of the left lane. Everybody knows her, eh? And I go, and I have. I say, okay, I'm not trying to tell you, but 
I want you to know that if you do that with the, the guy driving with you, you're going to fail. She turns it real sharp. Like we're in the right. She turns it sharp and we're heading for the median and the lights. And I'm sitting in the car like this. eh? And I go, hey, listen, and don't look down on me. Please. I mean it. I went like this. S-H-I-T. Right out loud, eh? And I'm telling you, for 30 years, my kids have never heard anything like that. They don't know my old life. They don't know nothing. Bonnie's in the car. And she looks over. She's so surprised. She goes like this. Dad? Instead of, you know, caring about hitting the medium, she goes, Dad? And I go, Bonnie. She said, Dad! <laughs> Never heard you say that before. And I said, oh, that was so embarrassed, eh? I didn't even know how to get out of it. I couldn't get out of it. She heard it. I said, I said Bonnie, I'm sorry. I just got, you know, and I just got... And she goes, Dad, don't even talk, please. Let's just go. And I just lifted my heart to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I, I really... I apologize to you, Lord. Bad witness and everything. I'm talking in my heart. And I heard God tell me, not audible, inside. He said, why are you surprised? You're a sinner saved by grace. And this has been all through my life now. I'm on a pathway of brokenness. And it's, it hurts sometimes. It's painful to see yourself. But when you do come and acknowledge it to the cross of Jesus, you come closer to the Lord. It's a mystery. So before God, are you broken? Or are you unbroken? Which you are broken, but you're denying it. Or something's going on inside. And you know you're not close to the Lord. And the people who have never acknowledged their brokenness, that's salvation. That's blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You have to receive that. If you see your brokenness, if you see you're doing a sin over and over and over and over and over, that's brokenness. God wants you to come to the cross. Acknowledge it. That's why he said it in verse 14, for whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And I really believe, you know, humility comes from offering our brokenness before God. Here, Lord, this is all I am. This is who I am. And he exalts us through his strength. But if we deny our brokenness, I believe we're exalting ourselves. I truly believe that. So this is my, this is my call. I'm going to call you guys to this. Everybody in this room is broken. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm here to show you who you really are. C.S. Lewis said, God's preference is not for good people, real people. And all I want you to do is, if you have never acknowledged your brokenness before the cross of Christ, you've never really knew what it means to just drop to the, to the Lord and say, Lord, here, here I am. I want to receive you as my wholeness. You've got an opportunity today. The second group of people is, is if you've really strayed from God, you're not close to him. And you know it because you haven't acknowledged your brokenness in a continual way. That's a second group. Put a stake in the ground, man. Wham! It's a, a wonderful thing to do.
And it's free because I have nothing to hide. This is a, hey, do, how many preachers would do that, what I just said? Because you know why? I want you to know I'm real. I'm like you. I've got to do exactly what you do. I've got to go before the cross and acknowledge my brokenness. And God has mercy on me like the tax collector. So everybody's head, could you just bow it? And I just want to try and see who, who acknowledging your brokenness. Everybody's head. If there is anybody in this room is not sure they've never acknowledged their brokenness before God and they want to receive Christ as wholeness, I want you to put your hand up. And you, I just want you to put your hand up. I want to pray for you. The, the first group of people. Is there anybody here? Just put it up high so I can see it. Thank you. Anybody else? Let me pray. Father, I pray for that person. Lord, would you really give them the power in the spirit to acknowledge their brokenness? Would you do it, Lord, for them? And would you become the wholeness that they need to be saved? In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Second group of people, please, when they're singing the songs, if you feel a need to come forward, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father. If you feel the need to come forward and acknowledge your brokenness here, please come. The songs are so fitting of you to come forward. Don't come out of guilt. Come out of the Holy Spirit. You know, brokenness is a spiritual condition that attracts God's attention. And as we have just sung, lead me to the cross. It's the cross where we are reminded that we belong to him. And it's the cross where we can appropriate the grace to remain a humble and a broken people. So my blessing is that for each of us, we would go to the cross, cling to the cross, so that we can experience the continued brokenness that is demonstrated tangibly for us on the cross when our God, our Savior, took upon himself the form of a servant and was broken for us. Go in Jesus' name.